Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. All right, fam, we have a new partner that you can support, and you're going to love this one. They're called Zoom Care. The one great thing that we can all take away from this pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of your own home. Nobody likes sitting in a doctor's office or even going to the doctor, for that matter. I know I sure don't, but we all need to take care of ourselves. So what is video care? Video care is like a trip to Zoom Care just from your couch. You can see, hear, and chat with your doctor just like in a traditional office visit. Get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. Video care is covered by most private insurers, usually with copay. Visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z O O M C A R E.com. There's nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc while sitting in your own living room. You can help them and us out a great deal today by checking out zoomcare.com for all the details you need. And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on today's episode, we take a special look at a little bit of history that may have some bearing on where your Colorado Rockies are currently at. We're talking about them old Montreal, which is the correct way to say it, Expos. Though, for the rest of the podcast, I will be using the Americanized Montreal, if that's okay with everyone. Is that... (laughs) <laughs> Montréal, Montréal. Yeah, yeah, this should be a fun, interesting podcast. And, and obviously, we're, we're going to talk a lot about where the Rockies currently are in this, too. So if you're not, you know, totally down just to go back to the 90s with us, don't worry, because it's it's going to be a back and forth here. You know, the Rockies are in an interesting 
spot right now. Interesting is one word for it, Patrick. They're in uh their fans. I don't know if you've noticed. I don't know if you've been on my Twitter feed today. Fans are unhappy. Uh, that is a, a thing I feel confident in saying right now about where Colorado Rockies fans are at. And there's been a lot of these talks of boycotts. What do boycotts mean? What do they do? What form do they take? What kind of impact can they have? And that conversation and what do you do when your team is bad? What do you do when ownership isn't listening to you? What constitutes truly terrible ownership? And then what does a community, when when this conversation goes beyond baseball fans mad about winning and losing, and stretches into a community that feels betrayed by some other element of their community, their baseball team and their stadium and all of these things that aren't giving them what they put in for it. When do you truly cross that line and what can happen? So I think, you know, as the old saying goes, those who don't know their history may be doomed to repeat it. I think that's one of the great reasons, Patrick, why I'm glad you uh, brought up this topic to my attention. I'm, I'm really interested in diving into this and looking at some of the similarities and differences between where that franchise was at then and where this one is at now. It does start with that fan unrest, that dissatisfaction. And we'll talk about what that was for the Montreal Expos right now. We know it to be probably uh, the most dissatisfaction, I, I think, in, in franchise history in many ways, excluding just general uh, consecutive losing seasons. But fans are very upset right now uh, for those that follow the Rockies. And they're wondering, you know, would, would Dick Monfort sell the team? Should he sell the team? There's conversations of, well, should ha- uh, MLB have stepped in and, and blocked the Nolan Arenado deal? Will, no, will MLB uh, decide to do something about the Rockies' ownership, if they continue to go about this way, all of these uh, implications are different factors that we saw back in the late 90s and the early 2000s with the Montreal Expos, who, anyone listening to this should probably know, do do not exist. No, They no longer exist in that current iteration. <laughs> uh yes yes indeed that that's right they are they are no longer a team that's right and we yeah we should give the big caveat here right of we do not expect under almost any circumstances that the colorado rockies will either one contract or that really any part of major league baseball is going to contract anytime soon despite the owner's claims about where the finances are after the pandemic and to move like we're going to have this conversation and i think it's important to, to remember all of this but let's go ahead and say yeah up front very very unlikely that the colorado rockies move anywhere at least anytime in the next well patrick you can lay out the details of exactly why because it's about 30 years right yeah it, you know i going into this i i didn't think there were going to be too many similarities there were a lot more than i had kind of anticipated yeah. And I, I think the the odds of something like this happening did go up after uh, uh, a lot of additional research that I did on the subject, but we're still well below one percent. But uh, it's it's something to to monitor in in the coming years because uh, very easily uh, it, it it could change, and and we don't even question this. But if things continue to go down a certain path, then 
then we could be looking at a 1% chance and a 2% and three, but we are so far in those beginning stages. And so, yeah, like you said, kind of, you know, where does it begin? And it, it kind of begins in, in many ways in, in 1957. You know, yeah. if we're going back 50 years during this period of time where there was immense expansion and relocation all around Major League Baseball. The Dodgers and the Giants moved from Brooklyn and Manhattan, respectively, and they, they moved west, and that got the ball rolling. The Washington Senators moved out to Minnesota in 1961, and then in 61 and 62, four new Major League teams came about. Couple years later, in '66 and '68, the Braves moved from Milwaukee to Atlanta. The Athletics moved from Kansas City to Oakland. Don't don't let me. This, this, <laughs> this, my father, sorry, sorry, my father, until the day he died, refused. If I ever said the Oakland Athletics, he would say, "I'm sorry, the who, the what now? What did you just say? The what team? I could call them the A's. I could call them the Athletics. But if the word Oakland came out of my mouth, I got a talking to." And that's the kind of real pain that goes into fans, families, and even just people of the community that might not consider themselves fans of the team when somebody decides, you know what, we are going to move elsewhere for greener pastures, basically telling your city you're, you're no longer good enough. And that, yeah. that, is, that is a challenge. But in, but in 69, the, the next year immediately, Kansas City Royals expanded, three other teams, so four teams in 69. In 1970, the Seattle Pilots, that was a team for one year, yeah. moved to Milwaukee good name. to become the Brewers. Like Mariners is fine, but I like Pilots. I don't know. The hat had on the brim had those yeah. little like uh, I think flowering, it, like a captain's uh, cap. It may be the hat as much as the name. Yeah, those were yeah. good. And, and go check out Jim Bouton's Ball Four where he talks about that and, and, and the experience of, of being on an expansion team it was a revolutionary book at the time, still is in many ways. In 72, uh, the, the brand new Washington Senators, they're only about a decade old, moved to Texas to become the Rangers. And in 77, Toronto Blue Jays and Seattle Mariners kind of level the playing field for what most of us remember, 93 Rockies and Marlins, 98 Tampa Bay Rays, Arizona Diamondbacks. So everything's pretty much settled. And all of these cities that lost teams would eventually get it back, right? Giants and Dodgers move, leave New York. Mets come to town. Right. Senators, two different iterations of Senators end up leaving. They, they come back. Milwaukee loses the Braves. They get back the Brewers. Kansas City loses the A's. I, I made sure to space them far enough. Is that right? <laughs> and they get the Royals. So there is some retribution going on there. But in 2005, the Montreal Expos pack up shop to become the Washington Nationals. And, and that's that's what we know it to be today. So what went into that decision? Because Montreal still doesn't have a team. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal and sad. Cause and that's a, and Montreal's a great baseball town. And and uh, you know, they they had had a, a really good team going right into that too, which is another thing that's super brutal about this. They had some opportunities to uh, you know, you know, people talk about where we're currently at with the Rockies and, and a missed window, a missed opportunity. And they're absolutely right that a team buoyed by Arenado, Story, and Blackman with young players like Dahl, contributors like LeMayhew when he was still on. All those guys were all on the same team, plus the best young starting pitching 
that they've ever had and the most they've ever spent on their bullpen, that team just should have done more stuff. And we're all aware of that, right? Even I, who defended so many of those moves, thought that team should have been better and could have been better. And I still thought it was salvageable. Apparently they didn't. Um, but, or they didn't, let's not get into that. Twin <laughs> hairs. Twin purple hairs. Um, but yeah, and, and, and a similar thing happened here with the Expos where there's all this writing on the wall about a team that could maybe not only just be good, but be good for a long time around a core of superstar players who were going to power them to being good. And not only did that totally fall apart in large part because of the strike, but then also a few years later in relative speaking terms, they wouldn't even have a team anymore. And that's just, that's so beyond heartbreaking of just losing out on a window. (laughs) Yeah. Losing out on all the windows thereafter. Yeah. That's true heartbreak. Cause, cause I think that's, that's where we really should start in this conversation and the biggest overlap between the Expos story and where the Rockies are at right now is heartbreak. Now, relative heartbreak, because you lose your, your team, you lose your franchise. That's something that I don't know and I never want to know. But as you said, in 1994, the Montreal Expos had the best record in baseball. They were 74 and 40. They were three and a half games better even than the New York Yankees. They're on pace for 106 wins. And for only the second time in franchise history, they had five all-stars that year. Starting pitcher Ken Hill, catcher Darren Fletcher, shortstop Will Cordero, Moise Salou, Marquise Grissom. The last two are names you probably would have known. Also on this roster, you had future Hall of Famers and Larry Walker, Pedro Martinez, future Colorado Rockies second baseman Mike Lansing, and their closer John Wetland would later win a World Series the next year. They were absolutely loaded. They were stacked. In fact, between July 18th and August 11th, they were 20 and 3. Now, what stopped their streak? Baseball. Baseball stopped. August 12th, the Players Association decided Imagine. to go on strike. Um, you know, the, the MLBPA and Major League Baseball, they didn't actually have a CBA at that point. They were just kind of going forward with the season and just kind of trusting everything was going to be okay. There was a lot of discussion about money. Hey, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And the players realized, you know what? <sighs> Let's let's go on a strike for right now. We'll be back by Labor Day. It'll be fine. And it was much longer than that. And yeah. just like that, the most exciting team in all of baseball and the most exciting team in Canada was gone. And essentially when they returned in, in that 95 season where they got that late start, one of the things in the CBA was that there was not going to be any revenue sharing. Revenue, of course, is money. Sharing is, well, <laughs> you're giving that money out equally. Sharing is caring, Patrick. It is. <laughs> and for anyone that doesn't know, you know, teams like the the Yankees, uh, Dodgers, Cardinals, I think, to a degree, Cubs right now, uh, Red Sox, obviously, these, these powerhouse clubs that make a lot of money, they can just take in all this money from merchandising and, and ticket sales and things of that nature and keep it all to themselves. But then the other 20 teams that are not in major markets, they're in mid to small markets. If they start having difficulties paying their bills, well, then all of a sudden MLB, uh, they're just overall, the product goes downhill. 
there's there's relocation left and right. There's teams that are completely folding and contracting, which we'll even get to in a second. And it just doesn't look good. So it actually benefits teams like the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers to go ahead and say, you know what? We know how much money we should be taking in, but it's actually better to spread the wealth just a little bit to to these smaller market teams so they can just even pay their bills. Even if they, they don't make a ton of money, we just need them to exist in these other cities for the product of the game. And that was what Montreal represented in a lot of ways. And they were not going to get any of that revenue sharing money. So what they did was because of these financial restrictions that they had, they said, oh, gosh, we're going to have a hard time making a profit. Sound familiar? They're going to have a hard time, um, yeah, be staying competitive to a degree. So what they did was they uh, partook in, uh, at the time, what we call a fire sale. Now, we know yes. that wasn't necessarily the case this here with the Rockies, but they had to get rid of most of these guys who still weren't making a lot of money. They, they, a lot of these guys were just arbitration. Yeah, and, and right. And this is, this is the age-old question. It's the same question we're asking ourselves now about the Rockies and Nolan and, and, and DJ and – all these players, but yeah, they, they, it just the quality of talent that they're about to unload or that they did at the time. I'm, I'm doing this like it's real time. I'm reliving it, Patrick. I wasn't quite old enough at the time to understand. And they, and they probably didn't know. People didn't know. There was no way to know, but it's just over money. Like this is, this is where it hurts to think like the dynasty you could theoretically have had. And you could have gotten away with paying each one of these guys that Patrick's about to talk about less than what they were worth because they didn't know what they were worth yet. Nobody did. And and don't forget, you have Vlad Guerrero coming up through the pipeline Ugh. in a couple of years, another Hall of Famer. That's three Hall of Famers that very easily could have been on the exact same roster, right? And a guy who was an MVP in Larry Walker, Cy Young Award winner in Pedro Martinez, and Vlad Guerrero won himself an MVP as well. There's a, it's a reason why they're all Hall of Famers. But again, in, in the wake of all this, they said, ah, we're not going to be able to pay our bills. So, you know, they, they traded off Ken Hill, John Wetland to the Yankees who won a World Series, Marquise Grissom to Atlanta, won uh, a couple championships. Larry Walker became a free agent. They had to let him go. Whatever and eventually, that guy? I don't know. Do you know where he signed? I know he was a big hockey fan. That sounds and right. I, and and that's, that's not the good. Abs. No, they were in Quebec at the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's one of the most famous <laughs> e-bugs, emergency backup goalies for the Nordiques. Yeah, that's right. I but, know what the Nordiques are now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I don't. Um, but yeah, Al, Al Lewis traded. Pedro Martinez was traded. Um, a few other guys. And in, and, it, and it came on the heels of it's funny, as you mentioned, Larry Walker. And, and just to give you an idea how cheap the Expos were at the time. Um, Larry Walker once complained uh, to the media that the team had asked players to buy their own vitamins, which is a real weird request. That's got to be where that soda joke in Moneyball comes from, right? Unless that was also a legitimate thing in Oakland, but that, that I don't want my guys paying for their soda anymore. Like, come on, is that real? Provide your players with enough Andro and amphetamines, all those things. Like you you should cover that. The guys shouldn't have to do it on their own, <laughs> but they, they, they were cheap. And so they had to, I mean, they, they had to, they weren't making a lot of money and you know, they, they had lost $25 million in 1995. So they had to continue going on and getting rid of these players. They were essentially called by the local media, a triple a team. 
Again, does that these, sound familiar? I have I haven't I've never heard such a thing. These things really ring true. And again, this this is kind of scratching the surface. And it's and it's really sad. You know, Pedro Martinez won the Cy Young Award in 96 and was traded a week later. And you go, wow, you can't even celebrate something like that. So that was that was that was where the heartbreak came from. And almost essentially right after that, um, the fans, the fans stopped showing up. You know, they, they were under a million fans um, almost every year, their final seven years. So even, even in 2003, they were just over a million. That was only 12,000 per game, a little over 12,000 per game. And a lot of that was helped with the fact that they played games in San Juan. I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, that didn't help. I don't know how many Rockies games I've been to in my life. Right. We could probably do some quick math here, though, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I've covered several hundred over the last seven, eight years. And then there's probably the... 20 to 30 that I had gone to as a kid. Remember, I only got to come over like once or twice a year. Uh, we'd watch them all on TV, but the, just so I've been to, but several hundred as a reporter. And I've never seen 12,000, only 12,000 people in Coors Field. I know if you heard, Drew. I, I, I wonder what you the, might, you might this year. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> well, so, so okay. even, I was going to say last yeah. year, I saw zero people at Coors Field. And, and that's how you understand how bad the attendance and how bad the heartbreak was in Montreal is that there will be more people going to games at Coors Field, even with a government blocking you from doing so. <laughs> right. The, the, the Canadian government was like, yeah, you can go to games. You can go to Expos games. And people are like, nah, I'm good. Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, people are like climbing the gates at, at 20th and Blake trying to get in. And the Just attendance is still going to be better. Yeah. 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 It, it's absolutely wild. But yeah, that is, that's bad attendance. So I guess the, the, the fans sent their message. They didn't like what was happening. They didn't go. That was very much the first straw that kind of broke the camel's back in many ways. Uh, it's a, Not you a know, strawberry, the, but a straw. <laughs> right. And this is, and, and by the way, <laughs> this is, I, I think, where we can draw one of the main differences that a lot of people know um, and are frustrated by, which is that the Rockies will almost certainly continue to draw a crowd, whether they're good or not. No doubt. For good reasons or bad reasons. But for those advocating, just don't go to the games. Let's live in a theoretical world where that's possible, where where that could actually be organized and come to fruition. And you're getting 12,000 people a game at each Rockies game. Okay. Well, then what happens? Yeah, is, is, is that enough money to sustain the Rockies? I don't know. I, I, I think it's enough to sustain them, but that's where it could get a little bit tricky because another one of the biggest similarities uh, that I uncovered was the issues with the Expos broadcasting deals. Now, at the end of, of the 2019 season, at the world-famous media availability that was held at the end of the season, uh, you know, Dick Monfort. a press conference. That's right. That's, that's why it's a world famous media availability. Um, it, it was discussed that, hey, you know, we, we've got a deal in place, but it's not what 
we were hoping for. It wasn't the kind of deal that the Seattle Mariners are currently getting. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Rockies are being compensated quite well, you know, for their uh, slate of games by AT, AT&T Sportsnet. Same thing with KOA on the radio. But the Expos had a, had a hard time. They had a, a major challenge where they were only getting $5,000 a game uh, by the Sports Network in Canada. Now, what, what does that mean in the, the late 90s? You know, uh, $5,000, I don't, is that normal? By comparison, the, the same company were offering the Blue Jays $200,000. Yes. So basically they were paying him, they were paying him like two and a half percent of what the Blue Jays were getting. So again, all of these ways that you can bring in revenue, they were starting to dry up for Montreal. And it, it essentially got to a point where, you know, the, the ownership at that time, which was led by a man named Jeffrey Loria, he, he said, look, I, I got to move on from here. And weird uh, turn of events, he ended up buying uh, stock in the, the Florida Marlins at the time. John Henry, the Marlins owner, moved, used that cash to buy some of the Boston Red Sox. And Major League Baseball actually purchased the Montreal Expos. So the 29 teams owned the Montreal Expos at that point. And really the, the final straw that broke the camel's back, I mean, you kind of already knew what was about to happen in a lot of ways was, was two things. One, in 2001, there was actually conversations to contract the major league. They're gonna, there's going to be contraction. The Twins and the Expos, Imagine. gone. There's going to be 28 teams. So the vote was 28 to 2. Drew? Take a guess what two teams voted against this contraction. I'm going to say maybe the Twins and the Expos. And you said you didn't remember. You said uh, you didn't remember. Uh, going to say maybe the teams on the chopping block were like, hey, we would like to continue to exist, please, sir. Yeah, yeah. The court stepped in, didn't allow it to happen. But again, they, they sold the team. MLB bought it. And... You know, essentially what, what killed it was in, I think it was 2003, um, the, the Expos were contending for a playoff spot. They're actually tied, tied for the NL wildcard spot when I mean, there was only one. So, you know, you, you're, you're getting a, a five-game series. And when it came to September 1st, the owners decided, no, we're not going to let the Expos expand their roster for September call-ups because – they were going to have to pay those contracts, right? Because they own they own the Expos, uh, and the Expos were going to gain an advantage, and they didn't want them in. So at that point, that was just the death knell, and it was all but a foregone conclusion that you know what, let's find a new home for the Montreal Expos because the city wasn't going to build them a new one. The Canadian government was going to uh, fork over, you know, a couple hundred millions of dollars uh, to build a new ballpark, and there was just no home in Montreal. It was so bad. That you know, Felipe Alou uh, at the time, and this was mentioned in Jonah Carey's book about the Expos, um, that you know people would come into Montreal to to go to games or to visit Felipe Alou and his family, and they would they would actively go around to to shops in Montreal to try to buy an Expos cap, and they couldn't even find any. So that's that's probably a good point to say. Here's where everything is completely different from that situation because you can find Rockies you know, gear just about anywhere, I think, in, in Lodo to a degree. Certainly you could find Rockies inspired gear uh on Colfax yeah. <laughs> at the DFR bar. Yeah. Yeah, this is one where I think 
I, I yeah, there there are some things that like are thematically similar. Sure, but you're right. The, like the Rockies have done a great job of selling their image, and uh, yeah. of the like the interlinked CR hat. <clears throat> I made a joke the other day on Twitter about how the guy who uh, came to to give us a carpet upgrade here at the the house wearing a Rocky shirt. You know, I was wearing my Rocky shirt. Did he strike up a conversation about the Rockies? No. <laughs> and it's not, you know, he didn't go, oh, what do you think about? Sometimes people just wear the gear. Uh, and and I think it's interesting. That's got value too. And, that's got and value. that has a ton of value, both both theoretical and and obviously literal when you when you buy Rockies gear, even if it's not directly from the store or whatever. But there is, I think, a similar cultural problem and we've talked about this a little bit before we talked about it with our new best friend in the world drew goodman uh but when you know when he said and and i've experienced this and in my travels as a youth that I, for those of you who are, who are not watching live by the way subscribe to the youtube but i did i did bunny rabbit quotes for my travels as a youth but i was lucky enough to to get to go to a lot of different uh, baseball towns when i was a teenager and seeing the way that places like Boston and Baltimore and New York, like the whole neighborhood changes when a ball game is on. And it's just not the same here. You've got to ask sometimes even in Lodo still for them to put the Rockies game on. Um, You know, people don't know the names of the players, uh, stuff like that. And so, I think the Rockies are like halfway in between these two things where they've done a good job of building a certain kind of culture. But now the question, Patrick, is, is that enough to stop this type of thing from snowballing and becoming that much worse? Because people are wearing the hats and the shirts and the jerseys and people love the classic players that we talk about all the time. You still love Nolan Arenado. You love Dante Bichette still. Like that's, that's who we are out here. So you're still, you know, but uh, yeah, my, my mom wearing her Tony shirt all the time, getting comments on the Tony shirt. People love Tony Walters. And the purple. The, pur- the just, purple honestly, is a big, actually, it's Rockies a big part of this. We're not purple. That's a I great question. I think that would really ratchet up the odds of that awareness, that that identity in, in so many ways. And, you know, there, there's 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 no competition in, in uh, Colorado for professional baseball, but because – they got such a late jump. There's competition with the Denver Broncos. And and to what you were saying about going into Good a bar, sure. going into a bar and having to request the Rockies game put on. You know, I was talking with uh, someone who, who worked for a very notable radio station, you know, not that long ago. And it's like a, a week before opening day and he's about to go into some Rockies news. And, you know, his boss is coming in, letting him know, like, no, like, let's, Let's hold off on the Rockies talk. And it's a week before opening day. Like people are still talking about the Broncos when the season's over. So that's 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 part of the image problem. But the purple right. thing goes a long way with helping people identify with the brand. Right. And and the ballpark and those things. But then again, I mean, look at what you're wearing right now. That is a top five, if not top 10 baseball logo of yeah. all time. And that team, we said this earlier. I don't want to. I don't want to scare anyone who's who's hearing this for the first time. No longer exists. The Montreal Expos will be playing zero baseball games in 2021, and so they, you know, they had some great logos and a, and a great culture. 
for a while as well. So, you know, you, you've got, there are certain landmines you've got to avoid. No doubt. And, you know, the, the one element, again, that we can look towards is the fact that Dick Monfort is from here. That is a good thing. You know, Jeffrey Loria, when, when, he, when he took over ownership um, of the Expos, he was a New York art dealer. He, he didn't have those ties to the area. So to him, that was just a, a play piece in many ways for him to move around. Sold it, kicked it to the curb, went down to Florida and said, I can make more money there for my investment. Dick Monfort, while the Rockies are an investment for him, this is his thing. This He's been there from the beginning, for better or worse. So if we look at, you know, we, we talked about the similarities of, of why, oh my gosh, maybe this is the, the first stage of some kind of relocation and, and maybe the Rockies aren't a thing anymore at a certain point uh, in, in Denver in, in the near future of 10, 15 years. But the one thing that I think that bodes well is, is Dick Monfort is from here. And I think you'd, you'd have to almost pry it from his cold, dead hand. <laughs> yeah. To use a well, phrase. And, and that's the question. I have often asked this question of people because sell the team is something we're going to see more of. And I've said, you know, yeah, in, in theory, this, this really makes great sense in theory. Our, our boss, Brandon Spano came out and delivered a very passionate, like if you can't, afford to keep good players on the team, sell the team. I said that the night of the trade, that was my primary takeaway. Right. But you do at some point have to ask the question to who, and then what does that person want? Um, now I, I do think, and most people have said this to me, you know, Hey, you'd have to be pretty ridiculous not to see the potential value in keeping a baseball team here in Denver. People are obviously willing to support it. There are times when the team's been terrible and, you know, we've talked about it over and over again, the ticket sales are all there anyway. So the idea that they would buy a team and want to move it isn't necessarily an automatic, but I, I also don't think that people, you know, it's not just as easy as, Hey, these people support, the team. I don't know how many of you are NBA fans and know a little story about a club called the Seattle Supersonics. Had nothing to do with support of the team. Had everything to do with those guys wanted to take their club back home to Oklahoma City, where they were from. That's what they wanted. And they got what they wanted. And Seattle fans were incredibly supportive of that basketball team and doesn't exist now. And that sucks. So there's there, you know, other than LA, New York, Chicago, there, there's no market that's immune from this potentially happening, them getting major leaked, right? We all know the movie and I know it's, it's a movie, but to some extent that does happen. And LA even had an MLS franchise get, you know, contracted. Well, so. look, and, and LA didn't have an NFL team for how many years? Yeah. Right, the Rams and the Raiders and everybody left. Now, now everybody's back, and I can't. I don't know who's where and what. The Chargers, or I don't know. But uh, for I think there's a team in London. I think. No. <laughs> I think that's right. For for most of my you know teenage into young adulthood years, Los Angeles didn't have an NFL team because owners were like, not. Nah, they moved them to St. Louis. Like, <laughs> and that and that's part of the factor of this. Like, if if one of the 
jumping off points I, I thought about doing for today was this idea of, you know, why were teams relocated? Like why? It was one, it had something to do with the stadium. Nate, change was, your profile picture. You're hurting us. Sorry, keep going. We love you, Nate. Oh, Arenado <laughs> and the Cardinals uni. That's that hurts. But there were essentially like five factors in a sense for right. relocation. One was the, one was the stadium, uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Not great. Uh, was was a lot lot older. Uh, it was better than Jerry Park, but they couldn't get the funding for a new stadium. That was a problem. Attendance, obviously, we we we've, we've discussed that with the Expos, and then competition with uh, another team in the same city, which was true, obviously, for the Brooklyn Dodgers, New York Giants, um, and you know, in in a lot of ways. Uh, the the Montreal Expos were battling with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now the Expos were first, but the Blue Jays had all of that success right there in '92, '93, right when the Expos were about to kind of break through in '94 before the strike. So those are three of the kind of the biggest factors. And when any or some of them are in play, the the other two keys to why teams will relocate is a better option. So like another city that's going to build you a stadium and whatnot. And owner greed. Well, say what you will about greed and, and Rocky's ownership. I, I don't think there's any greed in, in uh, any amount of money that would make Dick Monfort say, I am going, I am the one who's going to move to another city. Yeah, he won't. I, move I, I don't see that. No. But again, if, if we're talking about selling the team and, and, and what happens with that, that, that opens all then everything's the, on the right. stadium's a non issue, attendance is a non issue. Right. Okay, they're not com- really competing with the Broncos, at least in the sport, let's say. Um, and the owner doesn't have that greed. But are there other options out there? Absolutely. Uh, Rob Manfred has already talked about there being several cities that they are looking into. The the new general manager of the Phillies, Dave Dombrowski, was, uh, was paid a hefty sum by a, a group in Nashville to possibly bring a team there. When it's time to relocate right now, baseball has 30 teams. Eventually they'll get to 32. Um, Nashville already has two major sports teams in town there with the Predators and the... Yeah, what if Dick Monfort sells the Rockies to a, uh, a music mogul from Nashville who goes, yeah, okay, well, I'll keep them around in Colorado for another couple of years, but I just bought the team and then like in Seattle, oh, they continue to be bad. I don't have any interest in building the roster because what I really want is to move them back to Nashville where Rob Manfred has already said they want a team. Where they and then they build the facilities and then boom, boom. And so and so I think so. So the real the relocation, I don't think will happen as soon as the okay, expansion. Okay, Dolly Parton can buy the Rockies. <laughs> I will say <laughs> this: I have no problems with. I'll become a Nashville fan if that's what happens. Hold hold your jokes about mountains uh, for later, please. But <laughs> uh, I, I think what MLB would would do first is do the expansion thing and then worry about the relocation like they i think mm-hmm. they want to get they want their teams to get settled and and dangle you know the new paul park uh possibly in ebor city for tampa bay same thing for oakland mm-hmm. and so they want to get those stadium situations yeah. settled and then now there's no options for relocation who wants it so we know nashville's in the hunt charlotte they've got uh two of the four major pro sports teams there las vegas is now in the hunt with two Portland is another big one. And then finally, you've got Montreal and Vancouver who are in the hunt, but uh, I, they're, they're definitely towards the bottom. And so that's six cities that even if MLB expands to two of them, 
in the next five to 10 years, there's four more candidates out there that could be interested in building a new stadium and bringing a new team to their location, especially, you know, Oakland might, if Oakland loses the A's, then Oakland might say, we got to get somebody back. We'll be the Oakland Rockies. It makes no sense, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> if Tampa loses it, we'll be the Tampa Bay Rockies. We'll figure it out. So right. there are options there, but so many of them are just much further down the road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all a possibility. It's all out there. Um, you know, obviously I, I think we've all said we'd like to just see some expansion and, and, and keep the Rockies here. It'd be nice to see if there was someone out there, you know, people have said, imagine if the, you know, Tampa ownership group and, and front office just bought the Rockies and, and owned that team instead of the Rays and all that stuff is interesting to think about. But I, I think we do forget sometimes how much all of this stuff is geographic for the owners too. Like there are only a handful of people who have the ability to own professional sports teams and they're typically not interested in owning them away from their hometown or their home state or their home city. Like occasionally that can happen. Someone's just into the idea. Um, you know, but Dick Monfort, as you talked about at the very for, forward of this, at the very front, he's a Colorado guy. He's from here. He done goad here, man. He goes here. <laughs> and and that's there aren't a ton of Colorado billionaires, but there, there are a few interesting ones. But, uh, hey, speaking of supporting Colorado, though, you got to support all of our fantastic sponsors, including we just got Manscaped back. Yeah. check it out you got to get yourself manscaped again so excited about this we get to continue talking now i know some of you have let, it, have let it go since the last time we had manscaped oh my gosh so that means it's time to get re-manscaped we're not gonna we're not gonna call you out we're not gonna say who just make sure that you get back there and it's time to get restocked whether you're getting that lawnmower 2.0 you're just getting some of the stuff that takes care you're getting a little bit of toner a little bit of spritzer I'm getting myself for sure another pair of the most comfortable boxers I've ever worn mm. in my life. And if you use promo code DNBR20 at manscaped.com, you get 20% off plus free shipping. So head on over there. Make sure you're getting your manscaped area taken care of. Highly, highly recommend it. They're fantastic products. And, uh, I've been in need of a restock myself. I don't mind sharing with you. So it's yeah, time I, to get out there. I don't think, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I'm going to say it. I use it on my face. It can be used on your face, folks. It, it's, you clean it, it's, it's a buzzer. Use it where you need to. I'm yeah, saying they're all the products, fantastic products. You're not going to miss out. And you get a great deal again when you use that promo code DNVR20. You also, Get great deals over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Whether you're betting baseball, football, basketball, UFC, KBO, WWE. No, we haven't found that yet, right? I don't think they'll let you do. No, I know that that stuff, stuff is out there. It's it's probably for the best to not bet on WWE. Although, who called the Royal Rumble? No. You did. Did you call oh, both of them? You I did. did. I said Edge, Bianca, Belair. that. And... By the way, I don't know if you checked the score on Wednesday. We needed a we needed a midweek uh, money right. grab. Real Madrid 
did win one nothing on the road at Atalanta. So. Oddly enough, that popped up on my phone, and I almost never get soccer scores on my phone, but I saw that. And I was like, no kidding. I have another guy who, who put that down. So I think that was about plus 250. That was a good one. Right. So yeah, you you parlayed. You had you had Bianca Berla, Belair, easy for me to say, and Edge. I had Belair. I didn't have Edge, but you know, can't win them all. Unless you're Patrick Lyons and getting on that DraftKings Sportsbook app, you're winning them all. You don't have to win them all to have fun, though. I will say it just it really does make the experience a whole lot more exciting. You can bet one dollar, you can bet five dollars, you can bet ten bucks doesn't matter just makes it a little bit more fun and every once in a while you'll win a whole lot of money right now if you're a new person to sign up they'll hook you up with a one dollar to win a hundred dollar a hundred dollars if any basketball team hits a three-pointer this week you bet on that team to hit that three-pointer they do one dollar comes a hundred bucks that's a no-brainer basketball team's Almost always out there hitting three-pointers for you. Big part of the game these days. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNBR to get your shot to turn $1 into 100 bucks when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. It's promo code DNBR for new customers to get a shot at 1 to 100 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Micro machines. All right. You said that quick. I like it. Like the micro machine guy. Yeah. Go back. Go back. Check that out. So we, we said, hey, you know what? The Rockies are safe for a lot of reasons. They're, they're, because they have purple in their jerseys. <laughs> Sad, but it, it is a reason. No, but they, they've got so many things going for them for the stadium with attendance, awareness, people. It, it, it's a destination. Even if everyone that was uh, that's a Colorado native or everyone that lives here now decides to stop rooting for the Rockies, they will not have trouble finding fans to pack or at least fill a majority of their ballpark. That's not a problem. And we said, you know what, Dick Monford, you know, he's, he runs the Rockies like a business and, you know, he's looking to make money, but he's not going to sell the team to move somewhere else. This is his home. He built this himself. That's the other thing. He he didn't buy it from someone. Right. He built it. That takes it to another level. If you build it, apparently everyone's going to come. 25% capacity will come. That's right. As as they say, feel, feel <laughs> the dreams too. Purge. <laughs> if you build it, twenty five percent capacity will come. Moonlight Graham will haunt you in your dreams. <laughs> this is an interesting crossover. I may need to start some fan fiction. But go but most say, of the distance. <laughs> seven days until Trevor's story gets dealt. All right. So back on track. So we said, all right, Monfort's not going to sell the team. Um, and, and you know what, his, his kids are, are, are part of that legacy. And I think you and I have talked off air, you know what, if Dick Monfort can't get it done as the head of the Rockies, his kids are going to, because they are going to want that to be their legacy and say, well, my dad's legacy was just building this thing. Mine is to make it better than ever. And in that sense, you almost want the family to retain ownership of the Rockies. So can we say... Can we, look, we we haven't talked about Walker on this show very much, have we, at all? I don't think so. And, and we've both met Walker Monfort 
Um, nice guy. I met him a couple of times. I met him out in Grand Junction when he was just checking out the team. Nice guy, but I'll say this. Incredibly engaged mm-hmm. guy. And Dick Monfort's a nice guy. I'm not sure he's always an incredibly engaged guy, right? There's been this conversation about does he even understand how upset Rockies fans are right now? And I, and I've got to be honest with all of you. I don't know. I don't know that he does. He's he's so. not a baseball man. I think that's what you're saying. <laughs> right. Not necessarily a baseball man. But he is a people person. He's actually a very good people person. People that know him and 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 especially for a billionaire and for an owner, you know, feel like he he doesn't treat other people like he's better than them or or bigger than them or whatever. He just he tries to do stuff he doesn't know how to do. But Walker I think is a really engaged thoughtful cerebral person and 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 we don't know him especially well i've only gotten to know him a couple of times but that he came over most especially what was the thing we were at they were reappropriating like smash burger or some nonsense i don't know <laughs> chub burger and the party yeah. deck in 2019 yeah. yeah they that was the third phase of the renovations sure yeah and we were there. Me a free uh, burger and french fries yeah. but right but right he came over was just talking but then once he realized who we were Continue to talk. Okay. I know. Okay. I know what you guys are about. I've seen your thing on Twitter. I know the podcast exists. I mean, and you know, and it was just more engagement on that level yeah. than I've ever had with Dick Monfort, other than the time he made fun of my phone, <laughs> which was hilarious. I got to give it <laughs> Um, But yeah, I, I don't know Walker well in my short judge of looking into his eyes and reading his soul. <laughs> Um, I, I agree with what you said there at the beginning. I see this kind of like, I don't think anyone would do things exactly the way their own father would do them sure, or exactly yeah. the way, you know, and I, it, we of would course, all go, yeah. ah, I would do things a little differently. And I, see I like that. that part, but yeah. let's tweak it and let's do this with the totally. other. Totally. But I, I think he's got, um, especially an awareness of, of mar- modernity that, that his father does not. Sure. And, and, and again, you know, Dick Monfort, very loyal guy. We've talked, you know, this entire offseason when they didn't sign a free agent, you know, rumors about Nolan Arenado, a lot of a lot of bad stuff in the press about the Rockies as an organization uh, as a whole, the the analytic and the and the former analytics department. But the one thing that he did really well all throughout the pandemic was taking care of his people, taking care of the employees. So he's in that way, you know, he's a good man. And and the only other the 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 only way this gets above, I guess, one percent within the next five years, or over one percent, that hey, maybe the Rockies do end up moving, is if Dick Monfort is removed as the principal owner of the Colorado Rockies, and that's not going to happen. The only times we've we've seen anything like that was uh, in the early '90s with, if you remember, Marge Schott, Marge owner of the Schott. Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, what who, a just would fire off all over the place. Blast from the past, huh? 
Yeah, she her dog Shotzi. She has to uh, uh, to some degree have been an inspiration for the major league thing, right? Like that has to have. I would think so. But then again, they were winning at that time. The Reds, the Reds were kind right. of a powerhouse in the late '80s. But uh, yeah, no, right. the strip was made. You're right. Her problem was less making the team bad on purpose and more being what's the word? Kevin Matherly. <laughs> sure, very acerbic. Yeah, yeah, very, rough uh, around the edges to say it maybe uh, nicely. Borderline racist. <laughs> but but sh- you know, and we've seen other owners in in uh, in recent you know memory. The the owner of the Clippers, you know, being uh, Donald Sterling being removed, you know, based on just not being a good human being. Also George Steinbrenner, right? Well, Donald Sterling was straight up racist. Hold on, yes, no, uh, no, yeah. no doubt. Steinbrenner uh, was just. Problems, just problems. <laughs> it w- was awful. In fact, when he was removed, the team got better, you know, because Gene Michael uh, took over the team. He was the GM and he said, Look, George, you want to trade every single prospect we have that's even remotely good. And you'd be shocked at what guys were actually drafted by the Yankees in the mid 80s that immediately left. And he said, No, we're not going to trade Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada. Andy Pettit, and lo and behold, you see what happened. But that was after MLB had to kind of step in and say, "Hold on, now, you you're doing some things you you can't be doing." Like he hired a private eye to keep an eye out for Dave Winfield because he wanted to get out from underneath the contract. <laughs> and it's like, what? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So and that, we're not going to have those stories with Dick Moffer. We're not even going to have anything like like Kevin Mather, you know. Right. And even if we did. You know, and if he were to say, you know, some some comments like that, he would maybe step aside and maybe you know his brother Charlie takes over. But he, I don't think he would be forced to sell the team. He would just have to take a step back as as this public figure. So again, we're kind of coming up to another brick wall, and why you don't have anything to worry about just yet as far as the Colorado Rockies becoming the next Montreal Expos. But the seed has been planted. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and I I think you're right. I don't I don't think he's going to do any of that stuff. The no. comments, by the way, here rightfully correcting me for just, just take the borderline out of the Mars shot thing. <laughs> I called her a borderline racist, and the comments are like borderline. Like, Great okay. dog pet owner. Great pet owner. <laughs> Let her dog run around on the astroturf at Riverfront uh, Stadium, just he's taking craps where guys are trying to do uh, infield drills. Bad human. All, but bad all, human. But bad human being. So, yeah, and that's one of the reasons, and I've maybe brought it up at times when fans feel like that that it's maybe not relevant, but I feel like when it comes to owning one of only 30 Major League Baseball teams, hopefully soon 32, it's always relevant. There are as many people questions that cross your desk on a day-to-day basis as there are how do you make your baseball team better at winning more baseball games against the other 30 teams? And Dick Monfort's resume, when it comes to taking care of the workers, taking care of the neighborhood, uh, even being overly loyal to his players to a fault, other than Nolan Arenado, apparently, um, it, that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that goes for the loyalty narrative, right? But um, certainly none of these types of allegations, which is, which is obviously a very, very good thing. So, uh, <laughs> Marge shot. I, yeah. When, 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 when we were talking about this stuff today and I was looking through some of these notes and stuff, I was like, man, remember when people talk about bad owners, 
you know, remember that those people, Donald Sterling wasn't that long ago. <laughs> and, you know, it's, you got to do what you got to do to win a championship sometimes. And most times oh. it's all, it's all good. You won your championship. Great. Uh, but there are other times in which, you know, you, you make your bed and you got to line it. Houston Astros looking at you where, Hey, you won it. But at what cost was that one worth it? I would, um, I would say not, you know, um, there, there are other examples of that, uh, where you go, they want it, but not in the right way. So, you know, was it worth it? So it's, uh, it, it can be a catch 22, but if, if you're, if you're mostly worried about it and, and maybe, maybe this, uh, this podcast will get more life as the season goes on and, and people are, are less rage filled and, and rightfully so I, we get it. Uh, but you go, well, you know what? It could be worse. We could. We could have our team, you know, relocated. And 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 to answer that question, you know, who else could get relocated? It's really it's really Tampa and Oakland right now. Yep. Too. It's all about you know stadiums and um and and getting that infrastructure, getting a city to to pay for your ballpark. Um, Oakland, uh, they're actually just new renderings today. I think I didn't get a chance to dig into it, but they've got uh, an amazing facility on tap that it seems like they're getting closer and closer to Tampa. How about this for putting a bow on things? They, he, it was even discussed. Uh, I think Stuart Sternberg discussed it. Uh, actually, I think it was GM Eric Neander uh, of the Rays discussed it. They are still going forward with the plan of playing part of their season in Montreal. Do you remember hearing about this? Yeah, the last yeah. year or two, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna start the season in Tampa Bay. It's nice and warm. Hey, great. And then eventually, and I don't know for how long, go up to Montreal. I think that could be a, a, a situation where you wonder, is this going to be a, a good fit? You know, very similar to uh, what happened with the uh, New Orleans Hornets when after Hurricane <laughs> Katrina, they had right. to play in Oklahoma City. And you realize, hey, that's a pretty good market. We should put a team there. And then the Supersonics moved down to OKC. And you use it as this test trial. So... That's still, you know, going forward. I think we're still a couple years out from it, but I think that's kind of a, a carrot slash threat to Tampa. Like, hey, you better get something done or you might lose this team. And I think it's when, when this goes down, I'm not sure they're going to change their name, but the, the perfect fit is the Tampa Bay Montreal X Rays. <laughs> that's perfect. Love the it. X Rays. Has nothing to do with baseball other than when you think of Tommy John surgery and the injury list. That's but actually perfect. That's that's freaking perfect. The how, X-rays. How how, how can Done. happen? Don't even give him a city. Just the X-rays. The X-rays. Oh. <laughs> I would get an X-rays jersey. I would, <laughs> that's just Thanks. fantastic. So yeah, I, I I think uh yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Those are the ones, and um, you know, I I I hope. The baseball just expands. I don't want to see anybody lose a baseball team. You know, that's just, it's just heartbreaking no matter who you are. And that's rough there. Oh, and, and one more thing too, before I forget, another big component to this is the fact that the Rockies have a lease uh, with Coors Field. That's still going on for another 26, 27 years. Part of the lease agreement was, hey, if you, you know, resign and, and, and stick around here at, at Coors Field, uh, we'll give you a parking lot right oh. next door. And that became McGregor Square. Hey. So that was part of that whole 
trade slash negotiation was to keep the team in town because, you know, I, I doubt Dick Monfort, you know, I, I kind of referenced something about this earlier in the week of like, do I want to build a brand new stadium in, in Commerce City? You know, dude, I'm, we're still the Colorado Rockies, but I can get a brand new state of the art. How much money can I get for those naming rights? Well, city of Denver says, uh, we'll give you this piece of land if you stick around. So even if somebody comes in to buy the team, I don't think they could break that lease. That, that's essentially what the Rays have. That's their issue. They sign this big 30-year lease to play at Tropicana and MLB. They're trying to break it somehow. And there's no way to legally break it. So right. it's a real problem for them. It's a problem for them. It's it's a saving grace for Rockies fans or, or Rockies people, right? In that sure the the the, the team can't go where and, and again I, I feel for there are hardcore Tampa Bay Rays fans. Look, we we all like to make our jokes and, and do our things and and as well we should. And you know, the half empty stadiums kind of speak for themselves, but there are people out there who are hardcore baseball fans and who love that team and, and who wanted to succeed and want to have their team. And it would just really suck if it went away because nobody ever bothered to put good enough effort into making the baseball situation down there worth it for their fans beyond having a, a relatively competitive team for at least, at least these last several years, but uh, beyond that. So it, you know, it, it, it's just frustrating. And so we we, we want to see the game grow. We want to see communities getting baseball. Um, but, uh, yeah, whether, whether you think that it, it, it does kind of keep the Rockies stuck in that way, like you said, it's uh, – They're stuck for better – well, it's, for it's better, not for worse. For, there is no worse. It's, it's really not because they, they still can sell the team because, as you just pointed out, like they could still be forced into a situation where Dick Monfort has to sell the team, which he would make a, a huge profit on. A couple bucks. A couple bucks. And that whoever bought the team, even if they did maybe want to move it somewhere else, that because of this lease would go, you know what? I don't feel like fighting all that. It's not like it's a bad spot. Anyway, it does sell out. Okay, maybe the TV deal sucks. Maybe there are some rough edges to work around here, but I can work with this, right? And and I and I think that that's kind of a safety valve that makes you go, okay, if they were to sell the team to somebody from, say, New York or Chicago or something, you go, oh no, are they? Is that guy going to move the team? Probably not because of this, and so that's. And- and 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 what happens in you know 26, 27 years when the lease is up, whether or not Dick Monfort had traded Nolan Arenado this offseason, and whether or not there was a pandemic, whether or not they lost you know a hundred to two hundred million dollars, anything else could have happened in this twenty-seven year time that we look and 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 we we say, oh my gosh, the the lease is up at Coors Field. And they're moving the Mexico City Rockies. Oh my gosh, that actually fits in really perfectly. No, so a- anything could have they happened. They still have the Rockies time. down there. They can move, but they can only go north and south. They can go up and down. I remember when I was um, shoot, mom, are you still in the comments? How old was I when we went to Canada? Um, when I, you don't have your guess, passport on you. You don't have your childhood passport know, right? just in your coat pocket. I'm gonna guess I was 11 or 12. I was in I was middle school aged when when I took my one and only trip to Victoria, then British, British Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, uh, we were up in the area, and um, the the guy the the taxi driver that picked us up from the airport 
you know, the question, because you're you're coming from the airport. So where are you from? Where are you coming in from? What are you checking out? We're from, we're from Colorado. And his response was, ah, yes, where the Rocky Mountains are high, or so John Denver tells us in his songs. But because the Rocky Mountains go right up through there as well. We forget that the, the Rockies are up and up. So the Rockies are allowed to move, but only down to Mexico, up into Canada, Wyoming, and Montana. There's kind of some stuff in the middle there. There's a big marketing Casper for a major league team, Drew. I think eh, maybe not, but yeah. British Columbia is beautiful. Like, like bothersomely gorgeous. Grade school. So I was younger. Mom's got me younger. So well, that would have been that would have been right. Twelve is yeah. about fifth grade. Okay. Okay. That's sixth Good. grade. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm calling around then. Joe, uh, there will be watch parties at the DNVR bar. Yes. That is all the specific information I have for you now. Um, you know, the game's always what about capacity. Be what about capacity? Are we also at twelve thousand? We might <laughs> the attendance, yeah. the attendance at DNVR and right. Coors Field may be similar. Right. And you're yeah, you're gonna be right on the action there. I, th- I think that's television. correct. Uh the the big days, you know, all the games will be on, you know, opening day will be there. So uh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we'll be bringing you all that good stuff. And I forgot to mention, by the way, we're, we're near the end here, but since you brought it up, this is all good stuff to chew on almost as good as stuff to Ooh. chew on as Wagyu beef from Hassel cattle company. Chuck Some on. of my favorite stuff. We said beef stroganoff with the ground Chuck, the ground. Oh, mm-hmm. I had it for dinner last night and mm-hmm. lunch today. Absolutely. Fantastic. Really, really good. Stuff. I'm going Frank and beans tonight. It's maybe it's a little simple, but the, the quality again, a good dog can be to me is almost like a good steak. I know. Exactly. I know. Say you, what you you I'm, a hot dog guy. I'm a hot dog yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, and you know, you know how they're supposed to be done. They do them over there. So you get in the sausage, you get the hot dog, let them, let it do the work. And that's the thing with the Wagyu beef from Hassel cattle company. You don't have to dress it up. We had some burger. I had the first time I hadn't had the burgers before is the one thing. The really? burgers are ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. The buns we bought were like standard bun, like nowhere near big enough to fit those. We're not, which is fine. You want more meat than bun, so the ratio works out. You want there to be that overhang. What what's on a typical Creaseman Hassel Cattle Company beef burger? Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a plain guy. I just I, I I do a plain ketchup burger. That's all. That's all I'm putting on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No cheese. So I said, no. I mean, sometimes I do some cheese, but I'm I'm not I'm not no. I'm not a big cheese on my burger guy. That's one of those things. People are like gotta have a cheeseburger. It's like I don't need a cheeseburger. Like I won't even ask about a a sesame seed bun. Forget it. That's some bougie stuff in the Creaseman hey, household. <laughs> I, I enjoy a sesame seed bun. Okay. Well, 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 Katie's going to put some extra stuff on her. It's fine. You get a little lettuce, tomato on there. You do you. I'm going to do me. I'm going to get it. I don't want anything in the way of that meat, that beef, man. That's the. I get that. So use the promo code DNVR10. You'll get 10% off your order at Hassel Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com for that Wagyu beef. And if you order over 200 bucks, you get free shipping. It's like ridiculously delicious boom yeah don't even bother going to the supermarket dealing with those lines dealing with any kind of snow that's going on hopefully i think we're we're done with it for the time being but still early in the morning can be icy just order it h-a-double-s-e-double-l-c-a-double-t-l-e company 
There you go. Running the whole thing. Fellow Drew here, but a Red Sox fan. So we don't know why you're hanging out with us talking Rockies and Expos. But baseball, man, we love baseball out here. Who gives a damn? Who has played with the Red Sox, Expos, and and Rockies? Rockies? Mike Lansing? Did Lansing ever play? Lansing could have been a Red Sox. Oh, for sure, Lansing. Come on. It has to be Mike Lansing. That has to be the answer to that question. Mm. Or a pitcher of some kind. We'll My mom's on this on that. Uh, Canada trip too. She's uh, it was a great trip. We had so much fun. <laughs> Canada, Canada's awesome. It's got to be Ellis Burks was a Red Sox and a Rocky. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of guys who are Red Sox and Rockies, but Red Sox, Rocky, and and Expo. Galarraga no. was an Expo and a Rocky, never a Red Sox. Yeah. This is a fun we'll, game. We'll think about that invented. one. <laughs> this is a fun, random-ass game. Well, hey, we've had fun today. Hopefully, you've all had fun out there. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We like to have fun talking all kinds of baseball all the time. Going live on YouTube now multiple times a week, especially as the Rockies season is getting ready to go. Spring training actually kicking off with some actual games by the next time we'll be doing this on Monday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday so, first game. Yep, that's going to be fantastic. We're going to be really excited. We'll be bringing you all that in addition to all the guests. Uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to start bringing you players on the show. Uh, of course, plenty of our favorite former players, media personalities, more Drew Goodman once a week, still doing that. It's going to be fun. So make sure that you are joining us here for all that stuff. You're following on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You subscribe to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, which is open and at uh, you know limited capacity, safe, socially distanced capacity, and it's growing as the uh, as everything starts to open back up again. And we'll see where we're at once baseball season rolls around and remember when you subscribe you get to come and hang out with us in a private chat room where we're talking sports 24 7 but also movies food hiking photography and yes wandavision i as soon as i am off of this i'm going to watch the newest episode of wandavision it is breaking my mind it's the best show on television i am so stupidly excited at this silly comic book show is this the I one with kip and hart so where he's on okay no sorry no it was a good joke though it was a solid joke he's uh that. he's called the 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 punter because he's so small and he gets punted everywhere with, uh, his, with his sidekick he's not a great character but the rock has just decided oh no wrestling references to or did we do one earlier Am I blanking on one? Did when we you started talking about area? Canada, I was like, all right, can I have references to Hart's Hart dungeon? When you have the Canada, you're going to Jericho. Yeah. Uh, we just watched Hobbs and Shaw, which is just the stupidest good time you're ever going to have. Like, it's just ridiculous. But I love that The Rock has just decided he can put Kevin Hart in whatever movie he wants. Like, he, just, he literally pulls him out of his luggage and just like, was hey, he you're in, in this movie now. Yeah, Kevin Hart really? just shows up in Hobbs and Shaw, and it's just so obvious oh that God. it's a cameo because The Rock wanted him to be there. That it's it's fantastic. Hey, when you can do that, you can do that. Must be nice. Must be nice. So, 
All right. Well, thank you all for hanging out with us, watching the show today. Make sure you're subscribing. And hey, if you're on the YouTube, go back and watch some of the old shows. We're always having fun. We're having a great time. We really appreciate it. Subscribe, hit that like button, leave a couple of comments. It helps people to find these videos. We really do appreciate your support and you continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Well, we hope despite everything going on, that show managed to put a smile on your face. And hey, if you want your smile to be the best it absolutely can be, you know to head over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, the best in the biz, providing such wonderful dental coverage for all of our fans, all of you Colorado Rockies fans just like you out there in Lakewood. They'll take care of you. They'll make you feel comfortable at the dentist just a few miles outside of downtown Denver. And right now, if you or anyone you know needs a job, Green Mountain Dental Group is looking for experienced office manager bookkeeper. This is a salaried position with great benefits. The office manager's role is to organize and coordinate administrative duties and office procedures. The job requires 10 years of office manager experience. Other duties include preparing payroll, monthly financials, experience with a variety of office software, ordering dental supplies, handling marketing and advertising, supervising staff, etc., this team is an incredible group of people to work with, so please call them today if you or anyone you know is interested. Call 303-988-0711 or head to the website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com for further information. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places.